Hey, so y'all give a shout out to Miss Holly, Miss Jennifer, all of our family team, our kids. You know, they uh, they sacrifice a lot because they give a month at a time. So they miss, you know, worship and word to serve our kids. So thank you. And uh, particularly our, our co-captains of the ship, Miss Jennifer, I don't see her, and Miss Holly. Miss Holly, you may have, like, missed your call. Like, you know, you're pretty, pretty verbose up there, preacher, preacher lady. So, but thank y'all. And we do that to show y'all, you know, some of y'all may know Miss Holly, Miss Jennifer here at church. Uh, some of y'all may not know them at all. But to show that, you know, they, they work for a living and they're ministering for a living and they're not just called to serve our, our church and our children, our families. Uh, they're serving the broader world, serving Christ in their teaching. And so that's what we want it to be about. Thank y'all again. If you've got your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians 7. Uh, if you don't, you're welcome to get up and get a Bible uh, over there or take home a Bible. 1 Corinthians 7 is where we're going to be or where we're going to start off today. And, uh, but before we get into that, a couple words. If, you, if you're really not tracking with us as much, if you're like, okay, it's as you go, working for a living, you know, what does it mean? We're doing this series titled Working for a Living, and it is about, it's about your call. Because if you call yourself a Christian, then, then you have a call on your life. Uh, you are a missionary. You don't have to go, you know, all over the world. But if you, if you claim Christ, that I'm a Christian, done deal, got it, then, then there's a call on your life. You're called to live as you go. We say as you go because Matthew 28, 19, which a lot of you have heard and a lot of you know, Jesus tells his disciples, go, but the literal meaning in Greek means as you go. So as you go in your work, as you go in your marriage, as you go on date night, as you go to the ball games, as you go, make disciples, as you go. And then also, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so if we claim Jesus, and many of us do, then he is our life. I mean, he permeates and penetrates into every area and aspect. And, you know, whether you're a, a banker or a pharmacist or an actor or a writer or a musician or a doctor or whatever it is, you know, Christ is is first and foremost, and we should reflect his life. Now, there, you know, that's, that's easily said and not as easy done, and that's why we want to talk about this. But to live as you go, first, you know, I want you all to see that uh, there's a call on your life. I mean, if you're a Christian, you, you have a call. You're called to a great destiny. You're called to a great purpose. Not everybody's call is the same, but, man, you are called. I will say this, though, I've seen being in ministry, some people can take that idea of call and, like, you know, put it to this, uh, you know, just uh, this huge level. I mean, just, you know, up in the, in the skies, you know, glorious. What I mean by that is, folks, and I've heard this many, many times, either coming through church, saying, like, I have a call on my life. And they have this mentality of, like, you know, you know, the... The clouds have parted, the heavens open, and, you know, this sunbeam just comes down on them that, you know, they're anointed, holy one, golden child. I mean, I've seen that. And, and you, people kind of take that to the extreme. And I believe, like, I believe in call, believe in anointing. I also believe in a little humility. 
if you know what I'm saying. And that, you know, all of you are called, and there are specific calls. I mean, you look at the men and women in the Bible from Abraham to Joseph to Moses to David to Deborah to Esther to Matthew to Peter to Lydia. I mean, God uses, you know, men and women. But in, in this age of Christian celebrity, some people kind of take their call to, you know, it's really all about them. Just a little caveat there. And you can, but you're all called. You're all called. And so I say that, if I were you, I'd question, so what? Say, so, so what does that mean? What does that look like? How do I live into this call? What do I, what do, I do? I mean, what, what's the so what factor? How does it play out? And so I want to hit that today. We talk about calling and talk about how you can, like, live out your call. So, actually, really simple, three points. Uh, not all of them are going to be on screen. So, let's just say point number one in calling. Point number one would be start where you are. Very simple. I'd encourage you to write that down. Very, start where you are. And this is where we get to 1 Corinthians 7. And I want to read verse 17 through 24. Start in verse 17. 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says to these people, to the church then, to this church now, he says, however that may be, let each of you lead the life that the Lord has assigned, to which God called you. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call circumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but obeying the commandments of God is everything. Let each of you remain in the condition in which you were called. Were you a slave when called? Do not be concerned about it. Even if you can gain your freedom, make use of your present condition now more than ever. For whoever was called in the Lord as a slave is a freed person belonging to the Lord, just as whoever was freed when called is a slave of Christ." You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of human masters. In whatever condition you were called, brothers and sisters, there remain with God. Give you a little context. Uh, my wife and I are leading a small group in 1 Corinthians. Uh, Corinth was uh, a, a center in the Mediterranean world for trade and commerce uh, and also like a lot of sinful activity. I mean, we're all sinful, every city sinful, but Corinth, fairly hedonistic place. Uh, yet there was a church there, and people were you know, getting saved, turning to Jesus, turning away from sin. And the question was, you know, so what do we do? I mean, what, what, what does this mean? Okay, got Jesus saved, you know, baptized. So, so what now? You know, so what? I mean, do we, Paul, do we, do we become like you and, you know, go start churches? Do we, uh, do, do we try to lead a church? Do we become a pastor? What do we do? And that's what this passage is pertaining to. And it can speak to us, particularly maybe some of y'all, maybe you're a new believer, or maybe you're just like realized, maybe you've known you know, the faith all your life and say like, you know, I, I get it. I, I am called, but, but what do I do? And that's why I say, start where you are. Miss Holly, Miss Jennifer, we just saw the video. I mean, they can start where they are teaching and have a great influence for Christ in the lives of their students. And so, for those of y'all, again, who maybe you're, just, maybe you're just beginning your walk, 
But maybe it's, you're just like really getting it like, you know, I, can, I don't have to be a pastor. I don't have to go to, you know, the most, you know, unchurched areas of the world as a missionary. I mean, I can serve Christ. I can, I can do this here. But where do I start? Start where you are. I mean, this passage says, Paul literally says it. Remain in the condition in which you were called. He's saying, you know, continue being a tradesman. Continue taking care of a ship as they come in, you know, off the Aegean into Corinth. Continue doing commerce. Continue, yet your life has changed. Your, your worldview has changed. Your, your mindset has changed. You are now, as he says, verse 22, you're a slave of Christ. I mean, you can get lost in like the circumcision and uncircumcision and slave, you're a slave of Christ. Your, your view of the world has now changed. And everything that you do is to be for Jesus and to live for Him. And you're supposed to get joy out of that. I mean, it's not supposed to be like legalism. It's not supposed to be a burden. It's not supposed to be like rules. It's supposed to be we're saved by Christ. We're a slave for Him, called to live for Him as we go. And you can start where you are and make this profound impact. Yes, as a lawyer. Yes, as a CEO. Yes, as a landscape architect, yes, as an artist, you can, you can do this. That's what you are, in fact, called to do. Start where you are. Now, let me say this. You may not end up where you are. I, I definitely believe people are called out of professions. People are called into you know, more formal public ministry. But to begin, you know, start where you are and then get more and more connected into the life of a church, a big believer in a local church, into your quiet time. When I say quiet time, that's, you know, literally time in God's Word. We're going to talk about that in a minute. In a group, in a smaller group, with relationships that are positive. I mean, you know, if you feel called and then you're always hanging out with people that, like, bring you down or, let's say, cause you to sin, you know, and pick your poison, you know, whether that's partying, you know, whether that's drinking, whether that's, you know, gossiping, whether that's being divisive, you know, some relationships may need to either change or end if you're going to continue to live out that call. But you can start where you are. You can start today. Second thing, second point. Start where you are and then trust in God's Word. Uh, some of you know God's Word uh, very well. Some of you are just beginning to get to know it. Uh, we're really fleshing it out more Wednesday nights. I mean, going through the entire Bible, starting in Genesis, we're going to end in Revelation, looking at the gospel, the gospel story. And, you know, I can preach this. I mean, you may not believe it. You can trust God's Word. God's Word says you are called. God's Word says you were called. God's Word says you will be called to a great purpose for your eternal life. And that's what I want us to look at today. A couple of scriptures. You were called, and these are going to be up on the screen, so... And track with us. You are called in the past. It says here, 1 Peter 2 9. You write the verse down, you look at it later. Look at what Peter says to a church. He says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. I don't know if you're like going to get this, but if you can fathom this, if you can imagine this, I mean, God, God has called you, God has called us before we ever you know, realized His call, 
He called us out of darkness. So in this life, he was calling us before we ever entered into our earthly life. He had a plan. He has a purpose for your life. I mean, you are called. I mean, it is a, it is a question of whether, again, we will like, receive that call and accept that call and live into that call. He said, you're a royal priesthood, the priesthood of all believers. You don't have to like, be the formal pastor guy to you know, be called. A holy nation called you out of darkness into light. Some of you know explicitly what I'm talking about. I mean, some of you remember the darkness. And some of you are in darkness now. God's calling you. He has called you. He's got a purpose and a plan into light, into goodness, to radiate his life. And, you know, what we, what we want here, what we hope here, is that you begin to really see that and grasp that. And some, you know, you may enter formal ministry, or you may really call to missions, but others may continue teaching and serving and doctoring, if that's a word, or, you know, just going about your business in a new way. You're called. You're different. You're different if you... Claim Christ. You are different. You're different from this world. It is countercultural. You know, I don't like to weigh in on that because it kind of freaks folks out. I mean, I know that, but I like it. I mean, I'm kind of more intense. But it is. It's countercultural. It's, that's, it just is. You're called in the past. You're called in the present. Next verse, Romans 8, 28. One of my favorite verses in one of my favorite chapters. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God who are called according to his purpose. And I wanted to hit on this verse because, you know, as pastor, you know, I talk to a lot of you. A lot of you I don't talk to as much. But, I mean, I know that we, we got our stuff. I mean, we, we got our baggage. We got our, our deals. We got our, our problems. We got our physical illnesses. We got our broken relationships. We got our job losses. We got our uh, confusion used about, like, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Everybody's looking for, you know, where, where am I called to? What is the call? We got our, we got our stuff. And I, I don't know about you, but I go back and back to this verse. All things, not a few things, not just things in the church, not just Christianese talk, not just things that happen on mission trips, not just things that happen in a group, not just things you may hear on a sermon or a song that you'll sing or just with Christian friends. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And when you begin to get this sense and this grasp, this picture that, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm called too. It's not just, you know, you guys up there on stage that are like, I'm called too. And God has this greater plan and greater picture and greater vision for my life and it's not only here on earth, it's for eternity. And that I'm in this larger story. I'm part of this greater canvas of things that are going on that make an impact for his kingdom in this world, in this time. That not only does God, you know, did he knit the hairs on our head before we were born, but he knew the time and the season and the place and the city where he would place us. He's got this purpose for your life. And you start believing that. Gang, I mean, that changes the way you look at your world and your relationship. It really does. And so when things hit the fan and crises happen, you can rest and have faith. Whether that's in a marriage or in a job that you just can't stand. And, you know, what, God, what are you doing with me? You know 
It's going to work for good. Sometimes God prunes us, like, I mean, in our internal life, in our heart. I mean, like, he, he allows us sometimes to go through times of temptation. Read Job, Jesus in the wilderness. Trials forge us. A fire purifies us. And we can know and we can rest. We can have faith that it will work for good. And, and we're going to be stronger. And this marriage is going to be stronger than maybe hitting the rocks. And, and God has a, a destiny for you. So man, my, my hope and prayer, I mean, you know, Monday cometh and you're like, you know, what do you got? You know, the, the things you're going through, man, rest in this verse. Rest in that verse. And then called, past, present, called for the future. One of the verses up here, called for the future. This is Revelation. Revelation 5, 9 and 10. This verse says, For you were slaughtered, that would be Jesus. And by your blood, Jesus' blood, you ransomed or saved or rescued for God, saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God and they will reign on earth. Now, that, those two verses, they don't have called in there, but I chose them because it says you rescued for God's saints. And... I love the word saints in Scripture because automatically, you know, I would think or you would think, you know, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, or, you know, the people that you see on stained glass windows, you know, usually they're, they're martyred, you know, and you're like, love God, save, can't wait for the mansion in heaven, thankfully sins are forgiven. You know, saint, you know, sainthood, I, I don't know if I'm called, usually saints get martyred. You know, usually saints get persecuted. You're like, not, it's not me. In the New Testament, in Greek, this, this word here says saints. That, that literally just meant believers. So like, like if we claim Christ, we say, I'm saint. You're a saint. If, if you're like, you know, I'm in. I, I got this man. I, I got it. I know I'm, you're a saint. And it says rescued for God's saints, believers, every tribe, every nation, all over the world. You made them to be a kingdom and priests serving God. And they will reign on earth it's highlighting the future. I don't know what you think about, you know, your future condition. As in, like, when we die, I'm not being morbid. I'm actually trying to be, like, glorious. But, you know, I don't really, I, I have no interest in sitting on a cloud, stringing a harp. One, I'm not musical, and it just doesn't seem, you know, it's just, I, I'm not down with that. And that's what a lot of us, like, think of heaven as. That's why we, we think of our personal heavens more as, like, you know, for, you know, us men, you know, hitting our man cave. Saturday afternoon, I mean, yesterday, glorious. You know, Alabama, A&M first, Texas, Ole Miss, I'm not going to give any commentary. Glorious day. You know, that, that is more heaven. I mean, that's more heaven than sitting on a cloud playing a harp. You know what I'm saying? And we enjoy it. I mean, a man cave, you know, two screens. I don't have that. Kind of envious of those of y'all who do. But that is heaven for, it's heaven for me, in a way. Oh, we got the Yankees, Red Sox, too, on the side, loving it, you know. I'm just like, I don't care about it. But anyway, I do. That's, I show that verse, heaven is, heaven is going to be very different than, than we really, I don't know, create or anticipate in our minds. I mean, yes, first off, our, our souls are not with our bodies and we'll be in this place with God. And we will be joyful and we will worship and all of that. And then one day, it could be today or tomorrow, it could be, you know, Years from now, I mean, the Lord will return to earth and heavens and the earth will unite and, and we will live here together. 
And so if we're already in heaven, then we'll come back with the Lord. We, we went into this in the spring, that series. And there'll be a new body, a new earth, and, and it'll, be, it'll just be awesome. And I think, you know, you, you know, you'll have your man caves. It'll be more awesome than you can imagine. You know, you'll just be reigning with God. And I, I say that because our future purpose, our calling is tied to our future destiny. Yes, it's very much in the present, but it's the future too. And it really kind of convicted me this week. I was thinking about my message. You know, how do I think of like my future? And a lot of times you think our future, you know, our kids growing up or, you know, retirement. But no, I mean our eternal future. Does it, does it like give you joy thinking about, you know, eternity, worshiping and serving God? You know, what we were singing about, tied to our work. Does it give you joy? Are you apathetic? Uh, are you cynical? I mean, are you, I mean, I know we miss our loved ones. It would be a great reunion. But more so, worshiping and serving God. You know, how does that make you, how does that make you feel? And I would ask you, if you are like apathetic or I don't care, you know, or I'd rather hit my man cave in three games and, you know, I'll, you know, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. Like, pray to God. Say, man, convict me of, of heaven, really, and eternity and living for that purpose, the here and in the future. We're called. We're called before we knew it. We're called now. And we're called forever. And it's good. It's good. So the last thing, uh, third point. First one was start where you are. Second, trust in God's word. And that's just a very, very brief, you know, sketch of past, present, and future. And the third, this is not up on screen. Well, the verse is, but the, the point. The third, lead a worthy life. Lead a worthy life. And this ties directly to one of my favorite verses, Ephesians 4.1. And it says it exactly. Lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Lead a worthy life. You're like, what do you mean by a worthy life? Does that mean I have to be a pastor? You know, no. Part of it is like, you know, there's part of it like being a good citizen. I mean, like, actually, Scripture talks over and over again about, you know, honoring, honoring those who are above you in government. Being a good citizen. Being a good parent. You know, being a good, I don't know, representative on the school board. You know, serving this community as you go. Teaching and loving and leading and helping people. You know, as, as Mother Teresa, I think, said, you know, go and preach always and if necessary, use words. And so my question for y'all and for myself, I mean, I, I really go back to this verse over and over again. Is my life worthy of the calling to which you've been called? And that's, that's just not as pastor. I mean, that's like Christian. Is my life worthy? I mean, it, am I living a worthy life? I, I'd really ask you all that too. Is it worthy? Is it worthy of the calling to which you've been called? And some are like, well, you know, yeah, well, give me more. What's, that, what's a worthy life look like? The best definition I've ever heard of a worthy life is... Sometimes you've got to say no when you really want to say yes. Capiche? You got that? Or then sometimes you've got to say yes when you really want to say no. The first one being the things that are out there, the things we can do. I mean, the life of the flesh and life of the spirit, that's a real deal. That is a, a real deal. And I get tempted on that and I get hit on that constantly. And I want to say yes a lot. But a worthy life says no. 
And the other side is, you know, sometimes you're like, man, do I have to serve? Man, I don't want to go to church. It was a full day yesterday watching games. Uh, you know, come on, man. And, and I got Manning Bowl today. Can I get it ready for that? I mean, I'm, I'm with you, man. Sometimes you've got to say yes when you really want to say no. A worthy life. I want all of us to be living a worthy life. And that's why we're talking about working for a living as you go. I want you to lead a worthy life. Now, if you're not a Christian, and some of you are like, this calling thing, thanks, but, you know, I'm not even there. I would say, and you don't have to believe me, but, I mean, I've I got to preach it, and I trust in the Holy Spirit works. God has a purpose. God has a destiny. He has a purpose in your questioning right now. He's got a, he's got a purpose in your skepticism right now. He's got a purpose in your glass half empty, maybe about church or the Bible. Or he's got a, he's, man, he is so big and so great and we're like so puny. He is, he's using you already and he's leading you along. You're here and you're called something greater. We're called to something greater than ourselves. It is a worthy life now. It is worship for eternity. It's good. It's good. We just, we want you to have it. That's why we do what we do. A worthy life. You start where you are. You trust in the word of God. That's why I encourage you to know it, learn it, you know, saturate your life with it. And begin stepping and leading that life through Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that, uh, thank you that we can trust in it. And I know that there are people here who you can call it struggle with calling, maybe struggle just practically with their job today. They're burdened by maybe a child that's gone astray, maybe a marriage that's out of sorts. And I just, I pray we would trust in your word. More so we trust in the activity of your Holy Spirit and that you can do so many greater things through us than we could ever do for you. I'd pray that over these people that were called here this morning. And I, I believe that. I, I believe that, you know, regardless of what we knew or what we were thinking, I mean, you, you, your spirit leads us here into this community and, and, and presses us and prods us on to eternity of glory. I pray we'd know it as glorious and we'd love it and we would live uh, for Christ in everything we do. In his name, amen.